In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace that I really want to pray for in this Mass, for all of us to really receive, is to leave this church with our hearts burning for Christ. I really want us to receive that grace in this Mass, uh, to really leave here with a heart that is on fire for Jesus. And I think that this is so important, especially today, because we need more people who are burning with love for God rather than burning with sin. And it's important for us to be burning with our love for God. And that is so important because I want to share just a a simple story from, from the book of Genesis. You know, when God was looking at Sodom and Gomorrah, he was going to destroy this entire place of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham kept going back and forth with God. He kept telling God, well, what if there are 50 people that are good? Will you destroy it? And God says, if there's 50 people, I won't destroy it. But then there weren't 50 people. He says, okay, if there are 10 people that are good, will you destroy it? God says, if there's 10 people, I won't destroy it. It got down to just one person, and there was not even one person that God could find that was good in Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you know the story in Scripture, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire. God, when he sees evil happening, when he sees sin burning in people, At times, he's going to send things to wake us up. And what do you think has just happened this week? Forget the elections, forget that, right? But just the very fact that Proposal 3 has passed. It's a sign for us to wake up. To wake up from our sinfulness, to wake up from being sleepy in our faith, from being spiritually dry and spiritually dead, and God wants us to wake up. I don't think that we should be discouraged or that we should despair, but I also don't think we should be shocked or surprised. And I say that, I was just driving, I was coming home from Chicago, I was, I was visiting our Chaldean churches in Chicago, we have two beautiful churches there. And as I was driving home, I was driving into Michigan, and there was a big billboard right as you enter Michigan. And on the billboard it said, the new Michigan State flower, and it was a marijuana leaf. And just recently, coming home again, and there was another billboard coming into Michigan, and it said, Welcome to Weed, Michigan. My brothers and sisters, God is repaying us for our sins. He is. He loves us, but God is also just, and He is going to give us what we need in order to wake up Who do you think has made Michigan's new state flower a marijuana leaf? Who do you think has given Michigan the name of being Weed Michigan, if not Chaldeans themselves? We have done this to our own state. We have done this to our own community. We have done this to our own people. And we need to wake up and realize that we are very much the reason for this sinfulness. We as Chaldeans have such power and strength. We have such influence in our world that we can influence people to be good, to be holy, to love God. But for years we turn the other way and we influence people to sin. My brothers and sisters, yes, this might sound negative, but there's also good news to this. And the good news is that Jesus is God And he will never stop being our God. 
This is what we need to return to. We need to return to the good news of the gospel. That's why we come to church to hear this good news. And there is good news. And that's that Jesus has come to save us. Jesus has come to forgive us. Jesus has come to change our hearts, to set our hearts on fire for Him. Sometimes it's so easy to forget that. Sometimes it's so easy to lose our focus on that good news, on the joy of the gospel. And I think I definitely started to lose that. And it's interesting because when Father Brian and myself got here, one of the very first things that we did is we prayed. We went around the church, we went around the office and the property of Mother of God, and we prayed specific deliverance prayers over the church, blessing the church, and praying exorcism prayers over the church. Now what's interesting is when you pray against the devil, the devil doesn't like being exposed. And so when we were praying these prayers afterwards in the weeks to come, many things were happening. Crazy things. Some of you were here. You witnessed some of the crazy things that started to take place in this church. Because that's how the devil works. He doesn't like to be exposed. And when we were blessing this church, these things started to come to light. But it was good that they came to light because they were cast out. And freedom came and healing came. Now, all of this was happening, but I think in my own personal life, I started to kind of lose the joy that I had in the Lord and, and being grateful and being joyful in the Lord. But just recently, on Thursday, I was praying in front of the Eucharist in my time in adoration, and I just felt the Lord very clearly give me this like profound amount of joy. I think some of us know that experience when we sit with Jesus in the Eucharist and it's like he takes everything away and he gives us something so beautiful. That's what happened to me on Thursday. As I was praying, the Lord just like brought into my heart this amazing amount of joy that I had really just lost for a little bit. And I was really thanking God for this joy. And as I was leaving Mother of God, I was driving and I was on Civic Center and there was a lady, she was standing on the street, and she had her hands in the air, and she said, Lord! Woo! And it was such a sign to me of this joy that God had just given to me in prayer, that he wanted me to see this lady, and it was just after all of this election stuff that had happened. She was just on the street, literally praising God, screaming his name with such joy with such joy. I think the reason we lose our joy is because we lose our focus on the good news. On the good news that Jesus has for us. Yes, so much has happened and so much is happening in the world, but the good news never loses its goodness. Jesus never loses his love for us. St. Paul says in his letter to Timothy, although we will be unfaithful, he will always remain faithful. So although I fall, although I sin, although I turn away from God, God is always faithful to me. God is always true to me. God is always good to me. And this good news is that the Lord sees this sin. The Lord sees the evil, but he still comes to save us. He still comes to redeem us. He came to die for us. 
When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking towards him, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Why did he call him the Lamb of God? In the time of Israel, and we heard it in our beautiful letter to the Hebrews, when the people wanted to receive forgiveness from their sin, they would have to go to the temple and take with them different animals and bulls and lambs to sacrifice. And so they would take these animals and these bulls and lambs and rams and they would take them to the priest and they would offer them to the priest and the priest would take that animal and offer it to God. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus is the Lamb of God who has come to die for us as the last sacrifice, the only sacrifice we need. Could you imagine if every time we fell into sin, we had to go to Costco and pick up a whole fresh lamb and take that lamb to the priest and the priest would have to kill that lamb in order for us to receive forgiveness? But look at how easy it is now. All you have to do is enter a room, say your sins, and hear the beautiful words, I absolve you from your sins. That's how easy it is now. Because Jesus has made it that easy. Jesus has made it that good for us. That's why we need him. And so how do we keep our hearts on fire for him? Don't lose that joy. Don't lose that focus on the good news that Jesus is good. And his news for us is that he's come to save us and to redeem us every single day, especially when we come to Mass. When I come to Mass, that's what I'm coming to see, is Jesus offered again. Jesus on the cross again, being offered for me, for my sins, for my weaknesses, for my brokenness. Another thing that we really need to be aware of is in order for our life to be on fire for God, in order for me to be joyful, my life needs to be consumed by the Lord. Everything I do needs to be with God. I went to Iraq in 2017 and it was so beautiful seeing all of our villages. And when we went to these villages, one thing that was just clearly stood out was how the entire life of the village was centered around the church. The entire community in Iraq was centered around the church. The church was the very center of that village. We need to return to that. Our church needs to be the very center of our life, the very center of who we are. What I think is so funny today is how for years and years and years, the transgenders and the LGBTQs have talked about being persecuted and needing a safe space, right? There's so many schools today that have a safe space for those who, who feel persecuted. Well, the church is our safe space. And if anybody is being persecuted, it's us. We are the victims today. We are the victims. We are the ones being persecuted for the truth and for our faith and our love in Jesus Christ. Our hearts need to be on fire for Him. And in order for them to remain on fire, I need to come to the source of that fire. That is Jesus, the Eucharist, the Word of God, what very much happens in this Mass. My brothers and sisters, the Lord loves us so much and he hasn't given up on us, and he never will. And that's why we can't give up on him. 
And so I pray in this Mass that we would receive that grace of our hearts being on fire for him so that we can influence the world in a good and a holy way. Amen.